you know, they just knew where I stood in my, like with my, you know, in my religion and they'd have me say like team prayers before like our meals when we were out, out on trips. I feel like they just wanted us to pray because they wanted to call me the pastor. So they're like, all right, Pastor Dom, your turn to pray. I'm Iowa Kindumila, and this is Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Nicknames are so endearing sometimes. And after knowing Dom for some years, Pastor Dom is so appropriate for him. I tried nicknaming him Billy when we first met because his middle name is William, and he so quickly shot that down. I met Dom when he was a freshman at Rutgers and I had just moved to New Jersey and Dom grew up in South Jersey. I was actually a sprinter, a sprinter and track, a hundred meter uh, runner in middle school. And back then I also, I was a bit overdeveloped. So I was, I was faster than everybody. But then once I got to around eighth grade, I realized quickly that people were catching up. <laughs> so I started losing a lot more races. And so I, I ended up running the half mile, the 800 meter in eighth grade. And I got pretty good at that. But going into high school, I I was totally going to do other sports. Like I was going to play football, but then basically what happened was they got rid of freshman sports at my school. And I was a total wimp. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to play football. That means I have to go up against 18 year olds, like try to tackle them and stuff. But I needed a a good excuse to not play football because I thought my friends were going to make fun of me like for being a wimp. And so I was like, okay, what's the sport that I could do? that I'll definitely make the team and will give me a good excuse why I'm not playing football. I did some track in middle school. I had some success in a distance race. And so I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll run cross country. And so that's kind of how that started. I was really bad starting out, like really not good. I had a stern talking to by my coach who really believed in me. And, uh, that was really a turning point for me was after my coach kind of gave me a stern talk about how he believed in me and how I wasn't giving it my best. And so I kept running. My plan was to do cross country, then swim and then play tennis. But then because I had some success early on, I ended up uh, running winter track and then I ended up doing spring track. And then uh, the rest of high school, I did all three of those sports all the way through high school. In psychology, there's this thing called operant conditioning. This basically means the result of your behavior will tell you whether you should keep doing something or not. When it came to running, Dom kept doing it because he was good at it. It was rewarding for him. And even though it was challenging at some points, he always found a way to get through it. I tell people this a lot. I really didn't like the actual running part. (laughs) It was like, I mean, who really likes running for no purpose, right? But what I loved was the competing part. I loved being able to compete at the highest level. And so I enjoyed, I enjoyed running because of that reason. I liked winning races. I liked, I liked showing people that I could beat them in a competition. I'm uh, very competitive by nature. And so it was cool because it was like, it was an opportunity to really compete at the highest level, which other sports, I just wasn't good enough to, to do that. I mean, I was pretty good at baseball. I don't, I definitely wouldn't have gone division one for it. Um, but all the other sports, I really wasn't, wasn't too good. And so I really liked running because of that. It gave me a way to compete. You know, later on in high school, probably junior year, I start getting, you know, letters in the mail from division one programs. And I start realizing, wow, like, okay, this actually could be an opportunity for me to have my, my college paid for. And so that was exciting. I think that that was really cool to start seeing those types of letters come in. Like first you get the division three letters and it's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know if I really want to keep running. If it's going to be division three, they don't give scholarships. You start getting some division two letters and that's, that's cool. 
but then you get that first division one letter. I think it was for me, I think it was the Naval Academy was my first division one letter. And that's really exciting. Like, whoa, like I'm actually good enough to have to, to get recognition from a division one program. Um, and so that was really cool. And then I just realized, man, I, I could really, I could go to a division one school, I can c- continue competing. And then, you know, later on senior year, I realized that I was actually going to be able to get money to these schools. And, uh, and I ended up going to Rutgers because they gave me a full tuition scholarship. So yeah, that was, that was a huge blessing. That's, I think the opportunity to compete and an opportunity to further my education practically for free was awesome. So moral of the story is to find what you're great at and someone will pay you good money to keep doing it. And it's such an invigorating feeling to get a scholarship, to have somebody believe in you so much that they're willing to invest in you in this way. The hard part is with great reward comes great responsibility. They are giving you money. It's kind of like a job, like you do have to perform. Obviously that that brought a lot of pressure in in and above itself right there to, uh, to know, okay, man, if I don't, if I don't give this my all, if I don't compete at a good level, what they're expecting me to compete, uh, how they're expecting me to compete, then you know there's that there is that threat of getting a scholarship pulled. Luckily, it never happened to me, but it definitely was. Always felt like there was pressure because of that. My coach was a really good guy um, in college, and he never he never put any pressure on my on me for losing a scholarship or making me feel like there was any chance that I would lose a scholarship. And so the pressure really came from myself, honestly. If anything. Just feeling like, wow, they're they're investing in me, and so I'm gonna want to to work really hard because and race really well because I feel like there's like a financial you know burden that the school is putting themselves in or the you know the team is to have me compete. So I you know I I think I I had to just kind of put that in the back burner, like just kind of not let that affect me. I, I don't know how much it affected me. I, I feel like I competed pretty well at Rutgers. I think maybe some of that drove me to work hard to be at practice on time to make sure I was taking care of myself physically and how I was eating and stuff and all those things. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways that pressure was actually a good thing for me personally because it, it made me take things seriously. College track, it's, it's, a, it's a way bigger jump. The, the competition, it's everybody is a state champion. It's just imagine that it's like you know, if you're running a division, if you're running at a division one level, everybody was the best runner on their team in high school. Everybody placed top 10 in their state. And then you have, I mean, and also just the fact that you're running against people who are, I mean, grown men, you're running against some guys who are 24, you know, uh, who are in their fifth year seniors. And the difference developmentally from a 24 year old and an 18 year old is like, I mean, it's astronomical. And so making that jump is a, it's a really big jump. Um, there's a lot more competition. I mean, it's, you go from winning state meets to feeling good about yourself, placing top 100 in a meet. (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's, it's pretty substantial. It's a big jump. I've started off hot. I ended up running really well, especially in a, in track in the 1500 meter, my, uh, my freshman year. I was one of the only guys that got to go to like some of the big invitationals on my team. Um, I remember we went to Florida state and I was able to, I was able to run a 408 mile that, uh, at that race. And that was, that was a big deal to run 408 as a, uh, as a uh, freshman. And so, yeah, that was really cool. Unfortunately though, my, I mean, up to my sophomore year, we at the big 10 championships, 
that was really my last collegiate track race it was my sophomore year, end of sophomore year, because, and I, I had run 408 again in that race and just barely missed the big 10 final. Uh, I got, I was a second off, second off making the finals for the, in the big 10. So I, I was, you know, I was really happy with it though. Cause I, I figured, Hey, you know, as, as I get older, a junior or senior, I have, a, I have a chance to really place high in the big 10. So I ran cross country that next fall at my junior year. And then I really burnt out, like just burnt out emotionally and physically going into my track season junior year. And so my coach at that time had me sit down and take the season off to hope, hopefully for my senior to come back and be healthier emotionally. And, and to be honest, it just, it never really happened. I just, I never really healed emotionally. I was so burnt out that even in senior year, I, I, I really, I didn't even compete. I ended up, uh, keeping my scholarship, but by, by keeping my scholarship, I, I became a coach for my last year of college. So, yeah, so I started off really hot and then didn't really finish at all. <laughs> my, uh, my last two years, I wish I would have had more opportunities to, to run faster times, but, um, it's not how it worked out. I think one big thing is just like what I told you, like the fact that I didn't really like running, you know, if you don't like running and, but you like competing, then you go to college where you're not feeling like you're competing at the highest level anymore. Cause you're, you're losing races a lot more than you were in high school. That, that intrinsic motivation is not really being satisfied. Um, and so I think that was a big part of it where I just, I got burnt out. Like I didn't like running. I wasn't competing as high as I wanted to. I wasn't placing as high as I wanted to. And although I was doing well, still, you know, in those races, I mean, I was still getting 17th in the big 10, you know, and, and even though that was just missing the finals, it wasn't like I was winning any, any races like that. So I think that that was one thing that I really burnt me out. Um, there were other things, kind of just life circumstances. Um, I won't get too much into everything, but one big thing was my parents went through divorce and that was a really big emotional burden on me that really kind of deflated me emotionally. And so I think that was a huge factor in me burning out. And I think the constant pressure, just the pressure of feeling like I need to compete and I need to do well and I need to keep my scholarship. I think there's a mixture of a lot of different factors that played into it. So junior year, he noticed it and he told me to take some time off. At this time, our, our, uh, our athletic department at Rutgers didn't have a sports psychologist, um, but just through the university, you could go see a therapist. And so I started doing that on my own to going to like the, the university therapist. But then my senior year, um, when I was trying to get back into it, like, okay, let me try again. Let me see if I'm, I'm, I'm in a better spot. I was realizing again, I, I just wasn't feeling it and I was really burnt out still. And so at this time though, they had just hired a, a sports psychologist uh, for the Rutgers athletic department. And so I started going to him and basically we were just talking a lot about the pressure I was uh, feeling, the different emotional baggage I was carrying around. And, uh, and he made a suggestion that I should, I should kind of hang up the spikes yeah, there was, I probably went to him for about two or three months before we made that, that decision. Just him hearing me and trying to figure out, okay, what, what can we do to help me keep competing? 
but it, it just became very clear like okay you need to like just hang it up for your emotional health yeah and I, I can't say he necessarily was the one who posed it it kind of became the conversation of like hey i'm thinking about i don't know if i can keep doing this and uh through many months of talking about that you know it, it became like clear like it wasn't like he was like, Hey, you need to, you need to hang it up. It's more, okay. Yeah. This is kind of the direction we've been going and nothing else seems to work. So it's, it's probably best you go that way. And I agreed. And so I, I went to my coach and I told him, Hey, I've been going to the sports psychologist and he was super supportive. My coach was super supportive of, of me going there. He, he would always check in on me. He said, Hey, are you still going? I want to make sure you're still going to the sports psychologist. So you, you need to keep going. Um, but eventually I just, I told my coach, yeah, I mean, I think what's best is for me to hang up the cleats or the, the spikes. And, uh, he, he agreed. He's like, I think that's best for you as a person, but I would love, you know, I would love for you to still be w- with the team. And, uh, would you want to, would you want to come on as a volunteer assistant coach and keep your scholarship? Man, my, my coach was a really amazing guy. Uh, really cared about me as a person more than an athlete. It is such an odd feeling when the thing that gives you so much joy and satisfaction stops giving you joy and satisfaction. And although Dom wished he could have kept running, he knew when it was time to stop. It just wasn't doing it for him anymore. This time period is usually incredibly difficult for athletes. They have been behaviorally conditioned to have a relationship with their sport. And one day that relationship changes for all of them. It's tough. It's one of those things where you don't really know the reality of it until you got to kind of go through it. Like, what is it really going to be like? I think for me... (laughs) I always told people, Hey, I can't wait until I'm done being a track athlete. Like I can't wait to be done the sport. I can't wait to like eat whatever I want and not have to go on runs uh, every day. And it's going to be awesome. And then you, you, you finish running and you're done for like, you know, four months and it's really awesome. It's like, wow, I don't have to wake up to go on a run unless I want to. But then I think after like four to six months, it's like, Oh man, I kind of, I kind of miss it. <laughs> it's uh, it's something that you can't really I feel like you can't really prepare fully for it. If you're an, if you're an athlete out there and you're, whether you're high school or collegiate or even professional, I think the one thing that nothing can really prepare you for is what life is like after you're done competing. Um, it's, it's a shock. It's not something that's easy. It's, you have to really process not being an athlete anymore. Um, whether that's your 45 year old, like retiree retiree from the professional career or you're an 18 year old who finished running high school like your sport can really become your identity a huge part of your identity and so i think that's something that like you have to really kind of prepare yourself mentally for like okay i'm not going to always be this like although this is a part of my identity right now this isn't always going to be my identity i'm not always going to be a track runner there's going to be a day where you're a, you were a former track runner or you were a former division one, uh, you know, athlete or you're a former professional athlete, you know? And so it is a lot to process that emotionally, but I think just understanding that, like, even though it's not always going to be your identity, it like directly, it's always an important part of your story. And it's always something that is going to develop you as the person that you're going to be one day, like, or that you are. And you're, I mean, I believe I'm, you know, as a Christian, I believe my identity is in, is in God and that he loves me and, you know, fully values me. And I get my identity from that. But in terms of like outside of that, like what career you do, how how hard of a worker you are, 
uh, the, you know, whether your discipline or, you know, whatever it is, being an athlete at one point in your life is going to help develop those parts of your character. And so even though it's not who you are anymore, it plays a huge role into your, into who you will become. So I do want to say that I think that's, that's really important. I'm still learning how to kind of cope with that myself, but it's, uh, it's just something that I wish someone would have prepared me a bit more for. I really appreciated Dom's honesty while we were talking, and I'm sure this is a shared experience among all athletes as they go through retirement. A few people leave their sport entirely, but most people find a way to remain connected to it. Whether it's through coaching or analytics, broadcasting or management, there are many opportunities to stay involved. I just got my track and field coaching certification the other week, so... I'm a, I'm a certified coach. Yeah, I, I, to, I have a total dream to be a coach. Uh, I, would love to, I would love to coach the Division One level someday. I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's cool to kind of be able to be in the sport and to be a part of the team, but to be from more of like, you're not the one going through the, the pain of running. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. you're telling people workouts. It's very scientific. It's very mathematical. Uh, it's very uh, data-driven. Uh, all these things I really liked. Like, okay, how can we maximize each athlete and each athlete is so individual uh especially with running like you can't you can't have everyone just do the same workouts so it's like you have to kind of know your athletes you have to know what works what doesn't work for them uh how many reps uh what kinds of reps for each athlete in, in workouts how many miles do each athlete need to run all that stuff is kind of fun because you kind of have to learn your, your athletes really well you have to know people and uh i love public speaking too i think that's I like inspiring people. And uh, I think all of those things really, uh, I really loved about coaching. I want to reach out to my, to my coach and see if he would, he would take me again. It's just, I want to get back into the college coaching scene. Not sure what would have happened or where Dom would be if his coach hadn't brought him on as an assistant coach. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that Dom found a thing. He found something that excites him just as much as competing did, and I hope he can do it forever. I'm Ayola Kindumila, and this has been Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Not sure if you guys noticed, but we did take like an eight month break because we just needed it. But now we're back and we'll have episodes for you every other week like we used to until the end of the season. Hope you guys have a great day.